Welcome to Stories Unearthed, a podcast series by NIROC. NIROC is an organization committed to amplifying the voices of members of our community through ethical storytelling workshops, and in this case, through podcasts. This season, in partnership with AWARE, we'll be sharing the stories and histories of people who have spent time in the migrant farm worker community. Hello, my name is Emma Stenz, and I'm joined by my podcast partner, Ryan Cowell. We're high school students who interviewed Eddie Gomez over the course of a semester. You might also hear the voices of some of our other classmates who also took part in interviewing Eddie. Eddie spent his childhood in a migrant farm worker community in Texas. Stay tuned to hear his story on Earth, and thank you for listening. Welcome back to the podcast. Last time we discussed Eddie's early years, and today you will be hearing about some of his hopes and his journey to a higher education. Yeah, so, um, I am a first generation college uh, graduate. So it was, I never really understood the concept or the idea of going into college because my parents never went to college. So it was never instilled on me that going to college was going to improve my, my life or that it was going to change my life altogether. So at the time, um, I think it was my junior year in, in, in high school and I had relatively good grades. You know, I, 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 uh, I was pretty applied when it came to, to school. So my, my migrant counselor at the time, I went to um, a high school down in South Texas called La Jolla High School. And there was a big, a pretty big migrant population. So luckily we had a migrant counselor. So we were kind of like a special um, group of kids that would, that would go to these, uh, uh, we had migrant labs, so they had like supplies for us and and if we needed to catch up on any uh, activities or any any homework that needed to be done, we had a uh, we had a migrant counselor in the migrant lab that would help us uh, catch up in a lot of work. And my my counselor, she had a relationship with uh, with an advisor with a college assistant migrant program advisor at Michigan State University. And she's like, I need you to apply for this university. And and I was like, well. I'm not thinking about going to college. I, I haven't even thought about it that far. And um, so she basically forced me to apply. And at the time, I think it was between MSU and, and because I was top 10% in my class, I could go into pretty much any other school in the state of Texas. I think Texas, if you're <clears throat> top 10 in your class, you can go to, you can just fill out the application for whatever university you want to go. So I never thought about any other schools. I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to MSU. It seems cool. The pictures look nice. It's in Michigan. I heard they have nice snow. I've never seen snow in my life. So let's try it out. And so I applied. Um, they ended up taking about 20 students, 20, 25 students, flying us all, all, um, all the way to Michigan from South Texas. So um, it was a great experience. I got to meet the... Uh, at the time, it was President Ann Simon, who was, uh, we had a, a 
basically a dinner with her and they give us uh, introduces to different provosts in the university and different programs that we were it was a very very fancy dinner um at the time i think it was like a very like it was kind of like a wine and dine like hey this is what we have to offer and uh we brought the best professors and the best speakers in the university to to convince me that that was going to be my best choice um so i decided that hey you know it's, it's, it's green outside and this is perfect I and mean, the weather looks amazing um they said it it, uh, it was always like that all year round and come to find out that in January February it was like you know 20 below zero and I I still can't get used to that because that was hard me either for sure so that was my journey in, in into getting into MSU um so every summer I mean maybe just to kind of to fill in what happened so every summer my parents would go to to Illinois, we would work for four or five months, and then we'd go back to Texas. So it was that summer, I think it was 2000 and, 2007, and um, right before my, my 18th birthday, I went to, to MSU orientation. So my parents drove me from, from um, kind of the mid-Illinois mid area to, to, to Michigan State in East Lansing, Michigan. So that was about five, a five-hour drive. They drove me and they dropped me off for a week. And then they, I think I took the Amtrak back to their house. I took a train ride. And um, yeah, I was really excited. Yeah, totally. Sounds like an exciting start. And how was it once you really got out there and got going? I was kind of nervous because I was like, you know, I'm going to be by myself. Um, What am I going to do? How am I going to get around? Because I think the first year students weren't allowed to drive a car. So at the time, there wasn't like Uber or anything like that. It was yeah. kind of like pretty old school. So we had a, there was this bus called the Cata bus. So we were for orientation. I got a bus pass, like a seven day bus pass. And then we would go to like the grocery store and, but everything was given to us at the time because it was orientation. So like we had food, cat food and uh, cafeteria food I thought was the best thing ever. Um, but uh, once you get to college, you, you come to find out that's a, a wrong, the wrong thing, you know, it's not something to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I came back, um, and then and I finished working the season, right? So I finished working the, the season, uh, in 2007, I finished working the, the migrant season. And, and then um, I went straight to college. So it was like September of, um, September of 2007, when I started uh, my first year at MSU. So it was a great experience. Um, the benefit that I that I had, I felt, was because I was part of the migrant assistance. It, it's called a CAMP program. So it's a uh, college assistant migrant scholars program. So they pretty much take people like like students like myself and other kids that are something daughters of fi- migrant farm workers. And then they, they tell us, hey, you know, we'll give you all the tools that you need to succeed. So they gave us advisors. They helped us out picking classes. And if I had any issues, they would help me out. I remember they even gave me money for my like first winter coat. And I didn't have one. I never had a like a nice winter coat. So they gave me money for, for a nice winter coat. Yeah, you don't and, need uh, it when you're in those hot areas. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was used to wearing shorts and sandals. But in Michigan, that, yeah, I don't think I can wear that. Or in, 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 yeah, in Michigan, I don't think I can 
could wear that all year long. Yeah, Michigan certainly does get colder. So after college started, were there any difficulties or problems you came across in your experience there? So I had a I had a, I had a hard time my second year just because you know I was I was far away from from the university I was kind of distracted uh, personally I was just dealing with issues of uh, struggling with depression a lot of things of that nature where uh, I wanted to go back home and I didn't I was at a crossroads on what should I do um, and um, so I I ended up not doing very well. Well, like my my the the first semester of my second year, I think I got like a two point. I, I failed some classes. I flunked out some classes, and um, and I didn't do I, I didn't do good at all. I was just I was struggling emotionally. I wasn't at a good place, and and dealing with depression and being far away from my family was was hard for me. And I remember calling my mom and my dad one time. And I just told him, you know what? I just want to go home. You know, like I, I don't know if this is a place for me. I think I made a mistake. Um, and I remember them telling me, like, you know what? We we support you. Whatever you want to do. Uh, but if, if you're there now, we just want you to to do well. You know, do whatever you need to do. You know, you have our support. And um, and get help if you need help. If you need to go to a counselor, or if you need to to talk to you know, a career advisor, just do it, you know, and, and make sure that you you uh, you understand that we're here for you. So that was important for me. I think my family was key in, in helping me uh, overcome those things because I was able to, to um, really kind of gather um, courage and strength to, to get out of that rut where I was at. And I prayed a lot. I'm like, God, just help me. Like, I need, I need your help. I need to, you know, I'm struggling here. Uh, please help. I ended up moving the second semester of my, my, of my sophomore year. I ended up moving back into campus and uh, I moved into this building called uh, Wilson Hall. It was an old building. It seemed like those uh, Harry Potter buildings that you see on, on those movies. It was so old. I mean, it was probably from the 1800s. And, um, and I remember I moved there because um, it was cheap. Like I would, I would be able to cook my own meals instead of getting a meal plan. So every other building in campus, you had to get a meal plan. And it was expensive. I mean, it's, it's like $4,000. So I'm like, all right, I did the math because I, I really love math. So I did the math in my head. I'm like, okay, I can live here like $500 a month. And then I can, I can buy groceries and I can, you know, take $150. So I, I was doing the math just to try to figure out what was you know, the cheapest pot, um, uh, the, the cheapest option available. So I ended up going there. I, I, uh, I moved in. I, I met this random uh, street. Like I, I just went in blind and I had a roommate. His name was Frank. And uh, he was really cool. Frank was, he, he let me use his pot, pots and pans, I remember. <laughs> he was like, you can use my pots and pans. <laughs> and uh, he, was, he, was a, he was a really nice, nice kid. So I ended up 
you know, kind of put a game rack together. I, I said, all right, you know, I, I took these classes. I didn't do so well. I'm going to retake them. And I think that semester I, I got like, I got, every, I got all A's except for a class that was a B. And I was really proud of myself because I'm like, all right, I'm on track. I'm turning things around. This is amazing. And so, um, yeah, I think that was, that was a, a, a big step for me, a defining moment where I was able to, to, um, to do well in that area. And, and, and um, I, I was able to understand what it, what it, you know, what it took in order for me to be successful in, in, in that setting. Um, so I was really focused, became really focused. I, I decided to study finance. So I, I came in studying uh, human biology and then I changed my major to, to, to finance because I, I was like, I, I really enjoy math. I like, this is something for me. I, I really enjoy investment. Uh, I, I also, through a friend, I got a job working for the finance department doing research in mutual funds and, and also doing like, uh, consulting uh, through our entrepreneurship program I was with. So I would, um, I would go to different businesses. I worked for an accounting firm doing consulting for them. And then I also worked for a, uh, a janitorial distributor um, that was owned by, by Tico and TJ Duckett, which, who, who were guys that played in the NFL. They played for, for, um, for Michigan State, and they also played professionally. Um, and they own a business, so my professor was a real good friend with him, and he's like, all right, you know, you can – I think they paid me like 10 bucks an hour to go and do consulting work, which I thought it was amazing. Um, so it was a good experience. I got really plugged into the university and I was able to, to, to be successful. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad you were able to get through that and find a way out. Um, were there any, was there anyone or any group of people like your family or your friends or anyone else in your community who helped you get through that hard period? I think, um, there, I, I would say there was a combination of, of, of different people. First, my family, my parents. You know, I always admired my parents. They had, they had a, an amazing work ethic. They still do. Um, my, my mom is very hard work. She's a very hard worker. Um, and, and my father as well. He's a very, very wise man. So, you know, they, they told me that they didn't know how to help me because they'd never been to college. But they were there for, for support. They're like anything you anything you need, you know, you have, you know, we have your back. You know, we we, we we can support you. But um, just make sure that when you do, you do it well. I mean, that's I remember distinctively from just whatever you do, you just do it well. Do it to the best of your ability. And um, and that resonated very, you know, in my mind because I'm like, all right, I'm all in. Like I I need to get I need to turn this ship around. Like I need to. I need to get in the right direction and, and make sure that, that, you know, I, I do whatever I need to do to be successful in, in this stage of my life. Um, I had another friend of mine. So I, I did, I did wrestling in high school and I, I was pretty good at that. Like, um, back when I was like 130 pounds, I'm not 130 pounds anymore, but I was, uh, I was a long time. I was like 50 pounds. <laughs> But I had a, a friend of mine who, who was a wrestler at Michigan State. Um, we became really good friends. He, he, uh, his name is Franklin, and his last name is Gomez. So we have, this, we have the same last name, but he's from Puerto Rico. And to this day, he's a really good friend of mine. 
So he's always very, he was probably one of the most disciplined people that I, that I know in my life. I mean, I don't think that I know anybody else that is more disciplined than him. And he's, he's actually gone to, he's going to, to the Olympics, uh, to compete in the Olympics, uh, this, this month, actually. It's awesome. Um, in, in Tokyo. So he's been to the, he went, he was in the London Olympics in 2012. And then he went to the, the, the Brazil Olympics in 2016. And then this is his last Olympics this year. So he was able to, to help me, um, you know, in, 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 in a way where if I needed anything, like I remember he had a car, so he would go and he would pick me up and he was like, Oh, you need to go to the store. Well, you know, I'll give you a ride or, or if I needed to, um, anything just to hang out. Like he was a good friend of mine. He, he didn't party at all. He was very disciplined in, in terms of his education. And, um, and so I was able to learn a lot from him. Um, and, and um, build a really good friendship with him to to get back on track. And in terms of my my depression, I was able to talk to a friend and be like, "Hey, man, like I'm feeling this way." Like it's for me, it was very hard to talk about feelings. I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think because I, I grew up in, in a household where you don't talk about your emotions. Like things are just it's, things will work in, themselves out. Like they they just. Um, you know, everybody has problems. Don't talk about emotions. The work themselves up in the future. And I think I learned as I got older that I needed to talk to people about my feelings. I needed to express what was going on in my mind in order to help me kind of overcome and and, and uh, navigate through what I was going through. And I didn't know that at the time. So that was that. And then also my uh, the people that were, I think there is, the people that were in the migrant program, um, the advisors there that were able to support me and, and make sure that that I was able to get the right help academically that I needed to 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 be able to to succeed. And I remember taking notes. I remember taking notes the first time that I took all these classes. And I would go back and look at the notes and restudy them and like learn the problems back and forth. And and really, I mean, I I was I was in a mission. I was like, all right, I'm. I didn't do well that last time, but I'm going to do better this time. So I put in the work. I mean, there's no, there's no shortcut to success. You have to put in the work. Once you were out of college, were there any opportunities like traveling or jobs that you'd like to talk about that might not have been possible if you hadn't gotten the chance to go to college and graduate and all that? Yeah, so um, my my junior year, um, the summer of my junior year, I had interned with uh, with a bank out of um, out of Pennsylvania. So they were headquartered out of Pennsylvania, and I had a, gotten a job offer to work in, in Chicago, in downtown Chicago. And uh, that was one opportunity. And the other opportunity was working for IBM so as a financial analyst for IBM in Minnesota. But I felt like you know, Minnesota was – Michigan was cold. Rochester, Minnesota was probably colder, and, and I didn't want to move there just because I uh, the winters were tough for me. 
So, and then the last job was I had interviewed for for an automotive supplier in the Detroit metro area. So, um, I think it was managing their business with BMW. And I thought, well, BMW seems like, a, you know, they make fancy cars. I think this would be exciting. And they're like, yeah, you travel a lot and go all over the country and, and you know, negotiate contracts and, and look at operations. So I thought that was very exciting. And I felt like, you know, I, you can travel and, and, and it's going to be for free too. And I can stay in really nice hotels. So like, this is the best thing ever. Like I, I always wanted to travel. And so that, that opportunity opened up and I was able to land. I think I took a week off, graduated May 5th. And then, uh, and then I think it was May, May 14th. I started working in this company, um, called SRG Global Metro Detroit. It, it was uh, in the Metro Detroit area. And so my first day, I, I they're like, um, hey, you speak Spanish. They're like, oh, this is perfect. We need somebody to, to manage our business with Nissan. And I think the second or third day that I that I had uh, worked for the company, they were sending, they flew me down to Mexico to negotiate some of these contracts with, uh, with an automotive uh, company with Nissan on, on some current business that they had. And I had no clue what they, like what they were talking about. Like I, I was totally new to this field. Um, I remember I was translating for my boss, and we were trying to figure out like there was a commercial issue that we were trying to get through, where um, there were some changes that that engineering changes that needed to happen. So I it was I think I thought it was a really great experience. I you know I had never been on a business trip before, and and, and I was able to to do that. And I was there for a few years. Um, it became pretty good. I, I, I guess I, 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 as I got more experience, I became um, better at my job and, and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. You know, it's been since 2012 that I've been in the automotive industry and I worked for companies that, uh, that uh, did extra trim, you know, the, the grills, name plates, um, the powertrain, so all the transmission housings, and then right now with my current company on um, performance sensors, so anything that, that, that senses uh, pressure and temperature for ve- for brand new vehicles that are coming up in in, um, in four, three, four years. And recently with, uh, with a lot of electrification, so a lot of the vehicles are becoming electric. And uh, so our company is kind of paving the way on the... Um, you know, the new Teslas, the new, new electric Fords, electric GMs. So that's a really interesting thing that's happening um, that, that's really changing the uh, how cars will be made in the future. Yeah, definitely. And those sound like awesome opportunities. It's great that you were able to travel and go to all those places. And um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we close up for now? Um, any extra thoughts you have? Anything else you want to add? No, I think for me, like education, education was an important tool, um, kind of break the cycle. Now, not to say that that um, farm working was was is bad or or was bad for me. I think there's a lot of important things that I learned, that I learned being a farm worker, and a lot of traits that you know the work ethic, um, never giving up, and 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 learning that. Okay, I, 
because I was doing farm work, uh, this this job as a farm worker, I, I'm like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, right? So education was a, was an important tool for me to to kind of get out of that um, the way of living and 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 open doors for me to to uh, to look ahead um, to help other people that are like me. You know, I I, I constantly go back and and I help students that have a very similar background than I do. And, and help them, you know, apply for internships or review resumes or negotiate their, their first job out of college, you know, the, whatever offer they get. So um, for me, giving back is, is an important thing and giving back to people that I can connect to. And, and you know, in this case, the, the farm working community. So, um, it, you know, it was uh, it's something that Maybe when I have kids one day, I'll I'll I want them to to work in the fields. Like, hey, I want them to just take a summer and then do this type of work that I did because it it helped me um, just develop a a good work ethic. It helped me think, be grateful for what I had, right? Because a lot of these farm working communities, um, they don't people don't have an education and and they can't. Uh, that's all they could do in terms of, of making an income or, or working and, um, and that opportunity is there. So um, I eventually want to, to be able to get back and, and uh, um, yeah, to help people that were like at, at one point, like me, if they're first, first generation college students, helping them kind of learn the ropes of college. And, and uh, that would be, that'd be amazing. Uh, it's a, a goal of mine. Thank you for continuing to listen to Eddie's story, and stay tuned for next time when we will discuss Eddie's hopes for future migrant work.